Welcome to Parkview On The Go. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome to a place where regardless of your past or your story, whether you're new to this faith thing or you've been around a while, you can take a step toward God. And over the next hour or so, we want to help you explore what that next step might be for you. And listen, there is power in taking what might seem like a very small step at the time. Jacob, who's part of the Parkview family, recently told us about his own journey. Listen to his words. Parkview changed my life. My understanding of a church was one where I would be judged, but on my first time checking it out, they spoke as if I was the only one there. The sermon that day was of people in the Bible who were sinners. Jacob was a liar. Noah was a drunk. Changed my life that day. I then began to realize that a life with Christ was for people exactly like me. No judging, just love. I was baptized in 2019, a month before being hospitalized for a potentially deadly procedure. I was not scared for the first time in a situation like that, again from what I had learned at Parkview and how it changed my entire life. Today, I'm sober for 43 months on the 8th, full-time single dad for over two years with a thriving child, health improving, love of life greater than ever. Jacob was able to overcome fear and addiction and become the kind of father he's supposed to be because he took a small step toward following Jesus in his everyday life. And if you're watching and you've been waiting to take a step toward God, now is the time. Go to parkviewchurch.com slash next steps and fill out the short next steps form so that we can walk alongside you in your faith journey. If you're someone who financially supports the ministry of Parkview, thanks for being part of Jacob's story and for helping us reach thousands of other people across Chicagoland and around the globe each and every week. We believe that living generously is the best way to live. So if you're ready to give to the mission of Parkview, visit parkviewchurch.com give. Today, we'll hear an inspiring message from one of our teaching pastors, Todd Clark. Then I'll be back at the end to close us out. I'm so glad you're here. Enjoy the service. Well, howdy, church. Welcome to Parkview. Won't y'all please stand and worship with us? When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. belongs to you and everything 
fortress you go before us nothing can stand against the power of our god you shine in the shadow you win every battle nothing can stand against the power of our god and almighty fortress you go
Father God, we come before you today, Lord, so thankful for your goodness. That God, even in the storm, your goodness is chasing after us. Father, even in the battle, your goodness is chasing after us. Father, even in the dark, when we can't see what tomorrow holds, you are still chasing after us. Father God, I'm so thankful to serve a God that loves me like that. Father, that loves us like that. So God, today we praise your name. Thank you for being who you are. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Y'all can take a seat. Parkview, how are we doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome, Orland Park. Uh, welcome, New Linux. Welcome, Homer Glenn. Uh, welcome, everybody online this weekend. And uh, I want to introduce you to someone. Uh, this person right here. So I want you to meet uh, as we get going here. Her name is Florence, uh, Florence Chadwick. And back in 1952, uh, Florence stepped into the Pacific Ocean, uh, just off Catalina Island. And she was determined to swim over to mainland Southern California, which is about 20 two or 25 miles away. And uh, Florence had some experience in this. She was the first woman ever to swim uh, the English Channel between England and France, and so she knew what she was doing. And history tells us that on that day that she stepped into the Pacific Ocean, it was freezing. It was frigid. It was foggy. You couldn't see anything. And, And she stepped in and started to swim. And there were all kinds of things that were trying to, to, to get her, you know, as she stepped in there. There's sharks, for instance, and things like that. And so as she swam, there's a boat that was right alongside of her as she swam. Her mom was also in the boat, cheering her on. And Florence swam for 15 hours. 15 hours, and, and several times she was just exhausted, and, and she wanted to quit, and, and her mom just kept saying, you can do it, you can make it. Well, eventually, Florence, her physical body, her mental state, her emotions just gave out, and she just stopped swimming, and they had to pull her out of the water into the boat. And it was only when she got into the boat that she realized she was only about 2,000 yards from the shore. And the next day, at a press conference, here's what Florence said to some of the reporters. All I could see was the fog. I think if I could have seen the shore could have made it. And this weekend, I want us to think about these words for ourselves. All I could see was the fog. I think if I could have seen the shore, I think I could have made it. This weekend, I have given myself one assignment And that assignment is to help every single one of us on every one of our campuses to see the shore. 
And the shore, by the way, is heaven. That's what I want us to be able to see. That's what I want us to be able to picture. Just last weekend, we started into this brand new series called When We Get Hell Out of Here. And in this series, we're talking all about heaven and hell and the afterlife and eternity and those sorts of things. In fact, last weekend, uh, my message was entitled, Five Minutes After you die. And we took a look at one of Jesus' teachings in Luke chapter 16, where he talks about what it looks like after we die. And so if you missed that last weekend, I hope that you will go back and catch that online. I was getting ready to try and title this weekend's message, and I looked at my weather app, and I realized it's supposed to snow this week in Chicagoland. What? Crazy. So I I was going to entitle this When Hell Freezes Over message, kind of go with our whole theme here. I decided not to do that. I'm just going to keep the same title that I've had for the last few weeks as I've been thinking through this. And the title is Living the Dream. Living the Dream. And what I want us to talk about is heaven. I want to help all of us see the shore, even in the midst of the fog of this world that we're living in. And I know when I say heaven, you know, there's all kinds of images and ideas that come into our minds. You know, one of the dominant images probably, you know, if we're honest, no one wants to raise their hand and admit this, but when we start talking about heaven, one of the dominant images is that heaven, when we get there someday, is going to be just like one big, long, extended church service, (laughs) right? And and, and here's the thing. No no matter how much you love church, there's probably not a lot of us excited about being at church for eternity, right? And and, and it's just just kind of the way it is, presumably singing and and things like that. In fact, here's, here's what it feels like sometimes for us. We believe that heaven is certainly better than hell, but maybe just a little less than earth. Now, we don't, we don't say that, but sometimes that's how we live. Sometimes that's how I live, if I'm not careful, that heaven is certainly better than hell. It's just a little less than earth. And, and I get confidence in bringing this thought to us this weekend because I think a lot of us feel this way at different seasons of our life. For instance, when we're young people, we say, oh, God, just, I, I want you to come back. God, I want to go to heaven. I want to be in heaven. But, but God, I just, I'm, I'm getting ready to get my license. I'm getting ready to drive. I just got my first car. I got my first car. It's an old beat-up Honda, and, and I just I got to drive it. Please don't come back until I can drive my car because there's going to be nothing, of course, in heaven as cool as driving a beat-up Honda. So please just wait for that. Or later on in life, we say, God, I just I want you to come back. I'm ready to go. I want to be in heaven. I want to see that shore. I want to be a part of that. But God, just, just I'm getting ready to get married. I'm getting ready to get married, so if, if, you, could, if, you, could just, if you just hold up, I, I want you to come back, and I want to go, but I'm getting ready to get married, and if you could just wait till I get married, or more specifically, till after the honeymoon, you know, then, then I'll be good. Just give me a couple days, and, and then, then I'll be good. Or, or we say, God, I'm ready for you to come back. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be in heaven, but we, we just, we've been, we're getting ready to go to Hawaii. We've been saving for eight years for this vacation, or 18 years for this vacation, and, and, and we want to go, we want to see, of course I want to see heaven. Of, of course I do, but hello, it's Hawaii. It's Hawaii, okay? 
So if you could, it just, you know, and so that's what we do. A lot of times we say it, it, the way we act and the way it gets in our hearts and souls is, is that heaven is certainly better than hell, but maybe it's just a little less than or maybe a little equal to this earth. And, and if you want to see it in an equation, it looks like this, heaven less than earth. Heaven's maybe just a little less than earth. And, and what happens, I think, is when we start feeling this way, when I start feeling this way, it creates huge problems for us in our lives and our faith. And, and here, just a couple of the problems that this kind of mindset creates for us. The first one is this. We won't be motivated to share our faith in Jesus with others. We won't be motivated to do that. If, if we believe in the back of our mind that heaven is going to be boring at all, then why in the world would we want to invite anyone to spend eternity there? Yeah, I want you to come, I want you to come to my church, I want you to meet Jesus, I want you to go to heaven. What's heaven going to be like? Well, I'm, I don't know, I mean, it's, it's going it's to be long. It's going to be a long time. I, 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 I we'll probably sing a lot. It's going to be forever. So, so why? You know what? You see, see what I'm saying? And, and, and here's, what about this? Could it be that we're not as excited to share our faith in Jesus sometimes because we're not as excited about heaven as we should be? And I think that, that, that can happen. Here's another thing that when we get all, you know, maybe heaven is a little less than earth or just equal to earth, here's what else can happen. We will set our hearts on this life, and that leads to lots of frustration. Parkview, if you think, if I think, this life is as good as it gets, if this life right here is my best shot at happiness... Guess what? Then, then I'm going to live a very desperate and demanding life, trying to get everything I can and working out just right for me. I will put a pressure and a burden on this life and on this world that it was never actually meant to bear. Now listen to the way C.S. Lewis describes this dilemma. When I find myself, when I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. There's just some things that this world isn't going to satisfy, and we keep trying to pull those things out of it, and we get frustrated with this life. Here's the way it's said by Paul in the New Testament in Colossians, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. I don't know about you, but this can be a battle for me. But Paul's saying, set your hearts, set your minds, not on earthly things, but on the things above. Or what about this wisdom in the Old Testament? God has set eternity in our hearts. Amen? He set eternity in our hearts. And so here's what I want to do today unapologetically I want to spend some time with us this weekend getting us excited about eternity getting us excited about heaven and what we may experience there one day so if we're taking notes if you're writing this down here's several different things that I believe scripture the Bible is clear you'll see this that we are going to experience on the other side in heaven. If you're taking notes, here's, here's the first one. We will experience un, 
unprecedented adventure. Unpre- I like to sing, but it's not all going to be singing. I like praise team, praise band, love it. But it's not all just going to be, you know, harps, you know. See? We're going to have unprecedented adventure. Look at, look at this in, in uh, 1 Corinthians. Paul says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Nobody has even dreamed of what God is preparing for those who love him. And I think a lot of times what happens for us is we read a verse like that and we say, well, the Bible says, okay, the Bible says, Todd, that you can't even dream it. You can't even imagine it. So why even try? I don't even try. I don't even think about it. I don't even think about heaven because it says I can't. It says I can't even comprehend it. Listen, I think that's a huge mistake. I think what Paul is saying to us is you can't outdream God. What he's getting ready to do for you and for me and the good things, like a good parent that he has waiting for us, in store for us, you can't outdream what we are going to experience on the other side in heaven. In fact, let me share just a little exercise with you. I, I don't do this very often, but here's a little exercise that you could do with <clears throat> just yourself or some of your friends or your kids, or your grandkids, here's what I want you to do. You, you can even start it, start, start it here today get, get, to get you excited about heaven. I want you to think about the top like three to five places that you just love to go visit. What are the top places that you love to go, that you love to vacation at? Or maybe what are the top two or three activities that you love to do? I mean, you could just do that all day long. Just start thinking about those things. Maybe just think of one of them in your mind right now. But later on this weekend, I want you to write down three or four of those things. For me, one of them, I've I've done this just over the course of the last few days. For one of them, for me, it would be playing golf in Maui. I've got to do that one time. That was like a a bucket list kind of of thing. It was was incredible playing golf in, in Maui. And uh, I, I, I didn't do very well, but it was, it, was, it was an amazing, amazing experience. Another thing for me is I love to ski. I love to snow ski and snowboard, and especially in places like Colorado. Maybe you've done that and, you know, snow skiing there, and it's just, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's majestic. Maybe for you, one of yours, you would say, Todd, one of my favorite places, if I could just get down to Florida, if I could just get my feet in that white sand, that's it. I'm done just a towel and, and be right there in the sand. Or maybe some of you would say, the first thing that comes to mind for me is just being out in the backyard with friends, being out on the patio, being out on the back deck with some of our friends and family. That, that would be it. Here's, here's what I want you to do. Just imagine those things, then, then do this. Imagine that you never have to leave that place. Imagine that you never have to leave those moments. You see, one of the biggest drawbacks to visiting amazing, beautiful places is that you're just visiting. Eventually, you have to go. You have to leave. But guess what? I believe this with all my heart. We are going to have eternity to experience just unprecedented adventure in heaven. And I think we need to think about it and dream about it more so we're fired up and ready to be there and invite people along. In fact, I, don't, I know I, those of you who know me well and have been around here, you know, uh, for a while, you know my mind works in strange ways. And so I, I'm going to just share with you, I'm going to share my little heaven adventure. And I, I, I wrote out some of it, but this is, this is literally, <clears throat> this is what I go through to get me fired up about heaven because I want to take as many people to heaven with me. The only thing we talked about like last weekend, the only thing you can take with you to heaven is other people. Amen. And so I want people to go there, and, and this is my typical day in heaven. Okay, you can have your own typical day, 
This is my typical day. I'm going to wake up early. I'm like real early, but it's not going to feel early. Okay? You know what I'm talking about? That, that's like perfect. I'm going to get like three hours of sleep, and that's going to be good for the day. And I'm going to go out, and I'm going to play nine holes of golf. And, and this nine holes of golf, nobody's out there yet. And, and all nine holes on this golf course, this is my typical day in heaven. All nine holes are all along the ocean. All of them are. And I'm good. I am good. Okay? Because I've been playing this course for like 200 years, right? <clears throat> and eternity and so like so like my score like on the nine holes of golf my score is like nine <laughs> it's like it's like I just I just I ace I just ace I just you know ace every ace everything and so, so this is in my mind this is what I think this is what I think about when I think about being up there uh, for, for eternity and so I get done with the ninth hole and I take the flag out and I lay my clubs down and just as I'm walking off the ninth green I step onto this chairlift and this chairlift takes me up into the mountains and all of a sudden skis magically appear Wow. And I can look down, I can see the golf course down there, and I can see the ocean out there, and I'm just skiing down. I, I ski, I ski for hours. And, and guess what? And guess what? I'm not tired. You ever been snow skiing? It's hard. You ever ski for three or four hours? You get wore out. I was, I'm not wore out at all. I ski for like five or six hours. I come down to the end, I don't get on the chairlift, I ski right onto the sand. <laughs> this, this is my version. This is my day. You can have your own day. This is my day. I ski right onto the sand, and I take off the skis, click out. I'm sitting there with a book on the beach. I get done reading one of my best books, and I hear some people behind me, and I look back, and it's my kids. It's some of my friends, and they're in an area that just looks like my backyard, roasting marshmallows or something like that. And I know some of you right now are going, okay, okay, serious. I mean, come on, come on, come on. You're crazy. You're, you're crazy. You're crazy. Is it? Is it crazy? Or is it more like this? No eye has seen. No ear has heard. No mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Well, one day when we get to heaven, we are going to experience unprecedented adventure. There is no doubt about it, and I hope you're fired up about that. Another thing, if you're taking notes, that we're going to experience in heaven, I'm going to tell you here in just a moment, I actually this week went off-site and filmed this so it would help by being on location. So take just a moment and check this out that we're also going to experience one day in heaven. Well, hey, Parkview, uh, here we are out on a beautiful uh, back patio uh, on this uh, fantastic uh, sunny morning in Chicagoland, but it's also about 29 degrees this morning. I know you can't see that, but it's a little chilly. Um, whenever I'm on a back patio like this, one of the things it makes me think about is relationships, spending time with friends and family, and no doubt about it, one of the things we will experience in heaven is restored relationships. You know, all of my life, I have been told stories about these amazing Bible characters. And when we get to heaven, guess what? We're actually going to get to meet them and, and talk with them and, and get to know them. Jesus says in the Bible in Matthew chapter 8, verse 11, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west, and they will take their places at the feast with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob in the kingdom 
of heaven. And I can't wait to sit down at like, you know, the corner of Pearl Street and Gold Street at that heavenly Starbucks uh, with all of these Bible heroes like David. I want to sit with David and say, hey, what was it like to fight Goliath, right? And I want to sit with Noah and say, like, how bad was the smell in the ark? And, and Esther, I mean, what was it like to, to lead so bravely in the face of such adversity? And maybe even Jonah, you know, how did your skin get wrinkled up from being inside that fish for three days? And I know I'm going to want to spend some time with Mary and say, you know, what was it like to hold God in your hands as a baby? In fact, Parthu, here's the thing. I want to make a huge announcement like right now. Are you ready for this? Here, here, here it goes. I want to invite all of you. Yes, all of you, all campuses, all Chicagoland, I want to invite all of you in advance to my Bible Heroes party in heaven, okay? Like everyone is going to be there. And don't tell me that you don't have time because we have an eternity, right? I mean, you can come to my party for like 100 years and then I'll come to your party for 100 years. It'll be awesome, okay? Uh, you know, one of the people who's going to be at my party, I'm already trying to book these people, uh, um, is Noah. <laughs> Noah is going to be showing like a slideshow of the ark and the voyage. I'm going to have Samson out in the back patio, like arm wrestling people. I'm going to have Peter out by my pool showing people how to walk on water. It, it's going to be awesome. And, and let me just ask you this. Who are you looking forward to meeting up with in heaven? And maybe you say, Todd, all of those Bible heroes are going to be great. And I will definitely be at your party. But maybe you're thinking, Todd, for me, I just want to find like that back deck patio area. And I just want to sit down in a chair like this with my husband or my wife who went on before me. Or I want to sit down with one of my grandparents who left this earth too soon and I didn't get to spend as much time with them as I'd wanted to. Or maybe you would say, I just want to find that close friend and sit down with them in heaven and spend some time with them. Or maybe you would say it's one of your kids, one of your children that you lost too soon. Or maybe you would say it's your dad or maybe it's your mom. I know for my wife, Renee, she just wants to find a place in heaven and sit down with her mom because we lost her mom just about a few months before we got married. And so Renee's mom never got to see her walk down the aisle in a white dress. And I know Renee has a lot of questions that a girl wants to ask her mom after she becomes a mom. And she never got to ask her those things. So what about you? I mean, who would you sit with? Who would you want to be on the back patio with for a while? You see, exercises like that keep your eyes and your energy and your imagination focused on heaven. Did you know that probably the greatest relationship, no doubt about it, that we will experience in heaven is going to be with God? In the Bible, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12, in the message it says, We don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through the mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. And, and we'll see it all then. We'll see it as clearly as God sees us, knowing him directly, just as he knows us. We're going to know him and see him clearly and directly. In the Bible, in Revelation chapter 21, it says, And I heard a loud voice from heaven and from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with man and he will live with them. 
Is that outstanding? In heaven, we are going to experience restored relationship with God and with all of these other folks that we're longing to be with. And we are going to be able to sit down on the back patio, something like this with loved ones for like 500 or 600 or 800 years because we have all of eternity. What a beautiful thing that is going to be. Amen. Isn't that going to be good? I know for some, you're like, yeah, that's it, man. That, all that other stuff you described, that's, gonna, that's cool. But to be able to set and just be reunited with somebody that I love and care about, that's going to be what I'm looking forward to. And one other thing I want us to consider this weekend, besides those restored relationships and that incredible adventure, you know, your typical day in heaven that's going to be amazing. Here's one other thing I want us to think about if you're taking notes, and that is that we will experience perfect peace. Perfect peace. In the Bible in Revelation, it's described like this. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Everything new. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? We get just a little bit of time this weekend to imagine it. It's hard to understand and imagine a perfectly peaceful place. Especially with the world we live in, right? Especially with the country that we live in right now. It's, just, it's hard to imagine. And, and in the book of Revelation, John is trying to describe to us what heaven looks like and give us a picture of what heaven looks like. But in the end, I think John realizes it's just too wonderful for people to imagine. As he tries to describe it, he just is not sure how to do it. And as I'm reading the book of Revelation describing heaven and the peace and the beauty of it, in some strange way, I've been able to resonate with John as he tries to describe heaven because of something that happened to me years ago. I was on a mission trip in Guatemala, and I was way up in the back mountains in Guatemala, and I was was working with a translator And I was trying to describe to these people in Guatemala what it was like to live in the United States. And really, as I spoke to them, it was just, it was too good for them to imagine. It was, it was beyond their ability to really comprehend. I mean, how in the world there, I I met several people who didn't have electricity at all up in the mountains. And how does a person who doesn't have any electricity at all understand like the lights of Las Vegas or downtown Chicago or something like that? I mean, how, how do they do that? How does somebody who's never had a hot shower, who's never had warm water, how do they understand the pool or the spa, the jacuzzi that a lot of us have in our backyards? You see, it was just trying to describe the United States was beyond my capacity to describe, and it was beyond their ability to comprehend. But then as I stayed with these folks for several days working with this translator, I began to realize what I could do. I could could pretty effectively describe where I live. I could pretty effectively describe the United States by telling them what it's not rather than what it is. 
I could say things like, if, if you live where I live, your kids wouldn't be hungry all the time. If you lived where I live, you wouldn't have to, you know, be trying to find, you know, education for your kids everywhere. You, you would have education available to your kids. If you live where I live, you would have medical help for you. If you lived where I live, you wouldn't have to walk all day trying to retrieve clean water and, and, and that sort of thing. And so that's, I found I could actually do a better job of describing the United States by saying what it's not rather than what it is. So with that in mind, listen again to how John describes heaven, right? Check this out. Look at this again. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. John tries to help us get excited about and picture and dream about heaven by actually telling us, hey, hey, I, 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 it's, it's hard to describe everything that's going to be in that, you know, the whole, you know, the ski thing and ocean and golf. Here's what it's not going to be there. There's going to be no more death. There's going to be no more mourning. Can you imagine that? There's going to be no more crying. No more crying? There's going to be no more pain. And I just went on in, in my notes and just kept writing things. There's going to be no more sin, right? There's going to be no more evil, no more crime, no, no more violence, no more lying, no more cheating, no more stealing, no more ambulances. You're never going to hear, Whee! never going to hear it. What was that? I don't know. I don't think it was an ambulance. I'm not going to hear it. No more hospitals, no more aspirin, no more Advil, no more arthritis. No more pollution, no more lost jobs, no more lost children, no more deaf ears, no more blind eyes, no more wheelchairs, no more injustice, no more racism, amen, amen, no more blind eyes, no more prejudice, no more division, no more stress, no more strife. And I know some of you are saying, okay, okay, but what's it really going to be like? Here's, you're not going to have to lock your door in heaven. You'll never have to lock your door. You're not going to have to look over your shoulder in heaven. You won't have to put your wallet in your front pocket in heaven. No more arguing. No more ego. No more guilt. No more shame. No more depression. No more depression in heaven. No more displeasing God. Some of you still are saying, well, Todd, but I, I know that, 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 that's good, but tell me what it's really going to be. Imagine no more empty stomachs. No more anxious waiting rooms. No more chemotherapy. No more empty tissue boxes. No more tables for one. No more tear-stained divorce papers. Imagine it. Imagine this. Imagine this. No more Pfizer. No more Moderna. No more J&J. Mm -hmm. No more vaccines, okay? No more COVID. No more social distancing. Thank you. No more, how about this? No more masks. Ah. <laughs> hey, listen, if you wear a mask in heaven, it's going to be like a fashion thing. So you're like, no, this mask is cool. It's like diamonds and gold. It's 
God gave it to me. I'm wearing it. You're not going to need it. No more masks, no more COVID. Just, just imagine that. Imagine giving ourselves just what I wanted to do this weekend is I wanted to give you just a little bit of taste. Sometimes as outrageous as it may sound, I want to give us just a little bit of opportunity and permission to dream of the peace that we're going to have in heaven, the adventure that we're going to have in heaven, and the relationships that we're going to have in heaven that are all going to be restored. There's going to be nothing like it nothing like it when we get to heaven the band's going to sing a song in just a minute I'm going to pray and they're going to sing a song one of my favorite songs these days for probably the last month or so I've been just having it on repeat it's called Graves into Gardens Graves into Gardens and and I I just I I love it I I love it I love it The, the chorus of it says this it says oh there's nothing better than you there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. And they're going to sing it way better than I do, but it's awesome. It is so, so cool because it's true. There is nothing, nothing better than our God and the peace and the relationships that one day we're going to experience on that other side. And I hope this weekend, just a little bit, allows you to dream and get fired up and want to take people with you to this amazing place. Let's pray together. God, thanks for today. Thanks for your word. Thanks for your truth. Thanks for your promise that even though our lives, our week, our day, our world kind of looks like a fog sometimes it feels like God we are in a fog and we cannot see the shore God we know that one day that fog is going to clear it's going to cut through and we're going to see you as clearly as we see each other today and God I believe with all of my heart that we are going to experience that adventure together and peace together and relationship together and with you and God there's going to be nothing better than that. God, we love you. We can't wait to spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, amen. Listen to this song.
Thanks for joining us today. I don't want you to forget that next week we celebrate Parkview's 70th birthday and Pastor Tim and Denise's 30-year anniversary at the church. To say it's going to be fun is an understatement. And listen, we would love for you to help us celebrate by sharing your own story of the impact God has had through the ministry of Parkview. And you can do that by emailing a video to story at parkviewchurch.com. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his eyes toward you and remind you of our hope for eternal life. See you next time.